You Never Had a Heart, a Good Omens fan fiction, written by Hot Cross Pigeon, read aloud by Sky Asimaru. If you enjoy this podfic, you can check out the original story on Archive of Our Own. If you would like to hear more of my recordings or see some of my own work, you can find me through the pen and screen name of Sky Asimaru. Chapter 3 of Stupid Brave Angels Crowley didn't feel the presence of the angel for a month. It was the worst month he'd ever lived through, and he'd lived through some pretty serious shit. Believe him. The demon didn't know if he'd call what he'd been doing living, as technically speaking, he didn't even breathe for most of it, because his airways were so congested with mucus and feelings. Now that he thought about it, moping might have been a better word for it. The bright, shiny new commendation he'd been awarded meant that he hadn't got anything to bloody do. He was on holiday, effective immediately, and holidays were boring when there wasn't an angel around to spoil. If he was honest... Crowley had spent most of his free time getting completely and utterly shit-faced on whatever cheap plonk tasted the worst, sat on a certain bench in a certain park, feeling sorry for himself, and hissing miserably at any passers-by who dared to look like they might be having a nice day. And then he might have lobbed entire loaves of stale bread at some unsuspecting ducks, and set fire to a few quivering rhododendrons in an effort to make himself feel better. It had helped, a bit. And then, just like that, his senses lit up all at once, a warm, familiar, pulsing glow, like the sun illuminating the earth and chasing away the cold. And before he knew it, he was miracling himself to the bookshop, eager and urgent and not caring what the hell anyone thought about it, ta very much. The bell above the door nearly flew off as he swept through it. He felt oddly breathless, yellow eyes darting over the bookshelves, and dusty, antiquated tat the angel liked to accumulate. Come on, where is the silly old sod? Oh, hello. And there he was, all... All there, all present and accounted for, a seraphel, all clean beige lines, and buttoned-up periwinkle blue shirt, white fluff on top, twee little bow-tie, dimpled chin. Crowley lapped up the sight like a man dying of thirst. The angel's pink lips were pressing together in a hopelessly pleased fashion, and his eyes twinkling merrily like something out of a children's book. He was a beautiful bastard, his angel. A real fucking handful. The demon had it all planned out, exactly what he was going to say. He was going to tell the angel off, firmly. That's what he was going to do. He was going to say, in no uncertain terms, that Aziraphale was the bravest idiot he'd ever known and if the angel ever got any stupid ideas about offing himself again for Crowley's benefit, 
then he would be absolutely furious. He would never take the angel out for lunch or dinner or croissants ever again, and he meant it. Of course, all that bollocks got chucked out the metaphorical window as soon as he actually set eyes on Aziraphale. Crowley took three strides into the shop, right up to the angel, who had never cowered away from him in fear, and still, for some reason, didn't now. Instead, he beamed up at the demon. How perfectly lovely to see- Oof! Crowley wrapped his arms around him and pulled him as close as he dared, which turned out to be very close indeed. Sought it. The angel didn't startle, merely accepted the embrace with a small hum of joy. His arms were pinned to his sides by the demon's tight hold, but that didn't stop him wiggling with unexpected happiness, as if the chef had brought out a surprise amuse-bouche between courses. He was alive. He was here. He was... he was pressed up against him and wiggling. It was amazing. And, huh, he was soft, the old angel, in the best of ways. His tummy squished against Crowley's through layers of fabric. And they fit, didn't they? They fit like this. Course they bloody did. He'd known they would for ages. He was so relieved, he thought he might burst. The last time they'd been this close, there'd been a blade caught between them. Crowley dug his fingernails into the fabric of Aziraphale's coat at the thought, scrunching his eyes shut. A few seconds passed, then a full minute, then five minutes. Aziraphale cleared his throat discreetly. <clears throat> My dear. No. Couldn't he just be bloody quiet for once? Crowley's nails sharpened into claws that pricked into the angel's back, warningly. Aziraphale carried on regardless, as was his wont. There was a slight lilt to the cadence of his voice. It was pitched a little higher in concern, or maybe just confusion, because they didn't do this. This was as close as either of them had ever been to one another. Crowley should let go. He should definitely let go. But he didn't. Oh, goodness gracious! You smell dreadful! Have you been drinking? Constantly. Non-stop, actually. He'd been celebrating. Crowley? And yes, all right, maybe he should have sobered up a smidge. But, fah, eh, no point now. Didn't want to anyway. So there, much easier to be off his tits on value booze. Are you, are you all right? Was he all right? Really? Really? Did he look bloody all right? Christ, how could Aziraphale even ask a question like that? Didn't he understand what he'd put Crowley through? And then, everything that had seemed so rosy a few seconds ago suddenly turned dark, like a blight on a new flower bud because he clearly hadn't shouted at it enough. Was he all right? No. Fuck no. Probably never would be again. But having the angel in his arms, alive, was going a long way to making him not want to jump into a live volcano. 
So there was that. Jesus Christ, what a stupid fucking question. You idiot. You idiot, Crowley growled, hissing out a lungful of air menacingly and tightening his hold. What the fuck were you thinking? Were you even thinking at all? Did you think I wouldn't figure it out? Aziraphale stiffened in his hold, but didn't pull away. Figure what out? I don't know what you're insinuating. If you'd kindly let go of me, I have some inventory that needs doing. There's been quite the influx of new books since my untimely departure, and I really must see to... Don't! Don't you dare! We're talking about this, and don't even try to fob me off, Angel. You can't lie to me. You're terrible at it. Aziraphale bristled. I am not. Actually, I managed to convince you quite well, I thought. Oh, 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 bugger. Crowley seethed at the admittance, because it was one thing hearing it from smelly old Haster, and another thing entirely hearing it from the angel's own lips. He even had the audacity to sound proud of himself. I knew it, you manipulative little shit. Oh, uh, the angel shifted a little, guiltily. So, you've already... Yes, I've already. Haster came to give a bloody commendation while your body was still warm. What the hell were you thinking? Well, I had hoped you wouldn't find out, actually. The angel took a breath in. Crowley could feel it as it inflated his chest. He wanted to squish the angel tighter, so he'd deflate like a balloon. Hopefully he'd make a rude sound to go with it. That way he might be too embarrassed to continue whatever bollocks he was going to say to justify himself. I won't apologize for it. Great. Of course he wouldn't. What had the angel got to apologize for, anyway? The loss of Crowley's sanity? The fact that he couldn't close his eyes without seeing the worst moment of his life happen all over again? That he'd spent the last month hanging around their favorite spots, waiting to catch a glimpse of the angel, alive, just to make sure that he wasn't actually dead. Because anything could have happened. Aziraphale could have been recalled himself. He could have been denied a new body. He could have been actually hurt by the blade. Properly, ethereally hurt. You should have told me. It was my problem to deal with. It didn't even have anything to do with you at all. But you poked your bloody nose in anyway, didn't you? He managed to say, between clenched teeth. I didn't need your help. I would have figured something out in the end. Something that didn't involve hurting you. Christ, why didn't Aziraphale understand how much worse he had made everything? There was only one way to properly hurt Crowley, and the angel had gone and done it, with a bloody wink and a giggle. Oh, and what would you have done, exactly, if I had told you? Aziraphale scoffed, tilting his chin upward to glare at Crowley, and having the gall to look annoyed. You'd have stopped me, that's what. You would never have agreed to it if I'd told you my plan. Because it was a stupid plan! It most certainly was not. This wasn't something I did on a whim, Crowley. I had everything thought out. 
It was foolproof. Do you know what the actual problem is? Hmm? Do you? I'm sure you're about to fucking tell me. It's that you're a hypocrite. Yes, that's right. A, a hypocrite. Oh, yes, it's quite all right for you to be the one doing the saving. But heaven forbid I ever try to return the favor. That isn't... I'm not... Why do you have to be so infuriating? Oh, please, I'm hardly to blame for your anger issues. I don't know why you're so worked up about this. You can be ever so stubborn sometimes. Stubborn? Me? I'm the stubborn one? Oh, infinitely. Infinitely. Angel! This was the only way to convince downstairs of your loyalty. They were starting to suspect us, Crowley. I heard things. You've let me win far too many times over the years, and I just knew they were bound to notice sooner or later. They were already looking to recall you, and they... they could have destroyed you. Oh, come on. Not that look. Anything but the doe eyes. Please? Pray tell me, what else could I have done? What would you have done if the situation was reversed? I wouldn't have made you stab me for one, shouted Crowley, because he was pretty sure on that front. Aziraphale shook his head. <laughs> they needed to see that you were willing to harm me. It had to look real. It was real. You died. You made me watch while you died. Do you have any idea? He couldn't finish his sentence. It was like it had given up the ghost and died somewhere between his brain and his throat. Christ, that wasn't his voice, was it? Sounded like a strangled cat. Aziraphale didn't even call him out on it. It had to look convincing. He sounded so insistent, as if he really didn't get what all the fuss was about. The stupid, stupid angel. Listen to me very carefully. I'm only going to say this once. Don't you ever do that to me again. Aziraphale didn't answer, but he did attempt to free his arms, lifting them a little. He was probably trying to hug the demon because he was a soppy git and he had a bloody death wish. It occurred to Crowley, then, that the two of them had managed to have a full-blown argument while pressed against one another. His brain short-circuited for a moment as he looked down at the angel in his arms. The thing was, it hadn't even felt out of the ordinary. He wouldn't even have noticed if the angel hadn't tried to bloody hug him. Stupid angel probably thought that was what Crowley was currently doing. Hugging. Well, he wasn't. He was constricting the idiot, crushing him like the enormous red-bellied serpent that he was. Aziraphale had just gotten the wrong impression, as usual. Don't, growled Crowley, dangerously. Aziraphale let his arms drop back down with a small huff, and instead the warm palms gently brushed his hips, as if they were dancing or something, holding on to each other like he didn't know what like. But it was worse, much, much worse, completely awful. He should let go now. Yep, any second now.
at least allow me to say thank you, just this once, whispered the angel, his breath ghosted along Crowley's bare collarbone. Aziraphale didn't elaborate on what he was thanking the demon for, which was good, because if it was for... for anything, then Crowley would be pissed. The angel was probably just grateful for the expensive dry-cleaning the demon had had done at that ludicrously posh place reserved for the landed gentry. Crowley had dropped the pristine suit off at the bookshop weeks ago, ready for the angel's return to the land of the living. Yeah, that was it. Definitely the dry-cleaning. Crowley buried his head into Aziraphale's curls and stayed there. Mm, I'm not saying thank you, Crowley mumbled into the soft hair, breathing in the smell of recently recorporated angel. Ugh, it would take some time before Aziraphale smelled like himself again. He was too clean, bleached, like disinfectant and impossibly white rooms, echoing footsteps and the awful leeching cold. They hadn't talked about what Aziraphale had faced in heaven, but it probably wasn't anything good. The angel hadn't moved away from him, after all, had even welcomed the contact, and that was telling. A few days in the dust of his pokey old shop, and a couple of warm buttery pastries, would go a long way to setting the angel back on his feet. It always had in the past. Crowley would get on that immediately. After this, this definitely not a hug. Of course, murmured the angel, kindly. His fingertips inched around Crowley's hips until they reached the small of his back. And it wasn't a hug. It wasn't. I wouldn't dare to assume you would. And the anger pulled back like the tide, the water receding and leaving all sorts of tender things poking out of the sand. He couldn't help it. He was still pickled. That was the problem. If he just sobered up, it would have been fine. But it just came out. A sob. Just the one. Tiny. Singular. Quiet. Muffled by clean angel hair. Barely a sound at all, really. Just a minute hitch of his shoulders. <laughs> Crowley immediately clenched his mouth shut and hoped to fuck that the angel hadn't heard it. Aziraphale lifted his head, wonderingly. Crowley? And then, suddenly, his sunglasses had been stolen away by nimble angel fingers that hadn't been nearly as trapped as Crowley had thought, and the demon was bare-faced and vulnerable, and trying not to show just how much. The angel regarded him with concern, his face falling at whatever he found in the demon's closed-off expression. His blue eyes grew wide with understanding. Oh, oh, my dear. Oh, bollocks. He'd gone and done it now. His entire reputation gone. The angel looked utterly crestfallen. I, I didn't realize. I didn't know that you would be so affected by it. Crowley didn't trust himself to speak just yet. 
Who knew what would come out? Tears, mucus, bit of acidic demonic bile, declarations of love, fuck knows, but it would be bad. He squeezed instead, warningly. His arms were now around the angel's waist, but the bastard just bore the extra rib-cracking pressure without complaint. Anyone else would have turned blue by now. How could he be so stupid and so clever at the same time? That was a Xerophil all over, though, wasn't it? The clever idiot. One big oxymoron. I didn't know you would be so affected by it. Sure. Well, yeah. Who would be affected by having to kill their best friend, eh? Not him. He wasn't affected by it. Why would he be affected by it? He was a demon. Stabbing people was fun. A jolly old fucking pastime. <laughs> I've made rather a mess of things, haven't I? Yes, he always bloody did. Crowley shouldn't even be surprised, really. Should have expected it. Who was the real idiot here, exactly? I've... I've been discorporated by other angels before, on a number of occasions, Aziraphale confided, voice soft and solemn. There were times when they believed it was easier to just dispose of the physical trappings instead of having me remain in a dire situation. And do you know, my dear, not a single one of them ever hesitated. Well, of course they bloody didn't. They were all twats. Demons didn't hesitate either when it came down to it. They made a sport out of it sometimes, bit of fun to pass the time. But the point was, neither he nor Aziraphale were like their respective sides, were they? They were supposed to be something else. They had an arrangement. The angel still wasn't finished, despite the lack of air in his lungs. Crowley was still doing his best to crush him in the hopes of avoiding listening to him skirt around an apology. I forgot that you have always been the most compassionate, the kindest person I've ever known. No, don't say that. Don't say that. Aziraphale, Crowley finally said swallowing around a slew of other things that tried to escape his jaws. Stop talking, for the love of Sighton. Don't make me kill you again. Because, hey, they could joke about it now, right? It was funny now, wasn't it? It wasn't too soon, even if it felt like he was going to be sick, even thinking about it. It was fine. You silly old thing. You didn't kill me the first time. You refused to, Aziraphale reminded him, with those grateful, shining eyes. It was all my awful doing, and you were only going along with it because you thought you were saving me. All right. He didn't have to spell it out quite like that. Made a demon feel inadequate, didn't it? knowing how easily manipulated he'd been by this clever bastard of an angel, who could have escaped any time he wanted, and pretty much had Crowley wrapped around the delicate pinky finger 
that he politely extended while sipping a cup of tea. But why was the thing? Why bother with the whole charade? He was sure the angel cared for him in his own little ways, but putting himself in danger like this? It was too much. Crowley didn't deserve that kind of thing. Why would you do that for me? He dared to ask, because he thrived on the thrill of rejection, and was admittedly still a little sozzled. It can't have just been for your chance to indulge in amateur dramatics. Aziraphale huffed, cheeks flushing a little. I would have thought it was obvious. It wasn't, actually. It's not. Oh, come now, don't make me say it. Crowley raised his eyebrows. It was a fucking awful plan, Angel. I'm not joking. As plans go, it was the absolute worst one in the history of existence. The least you could do is tell me why the hell you thought it was worth it. The angel was looking at him with something like awe in his eyes, something like fondness. It may have been an awful plan, but it worked, Aziraphale said, gently. I got to keep you here with me. Oh, Crowley's heart swelled. Ow! It was awful, and he hated it. What the hell was he supposed to say now? That he wanted Aziraphale to keep him too? He wanted to be kept? Fuck it, the angel could put him in a display case and let him terrorize the window shoppers. Hell, he'd gladly just live in the angel's pocket for the rest of his days, if that's what it took. What had Crowley done to deserve the affections of such a brave and beautiful being? Right, so how about he just came out and said it? That'd serve Aziraphale right, wouldn't it? If he thought he could get away with sacrificing himself as if it were no big deal, then Crowley could one-up him, couldn't he? Listen, Angel, he'd say. I love you. There. Done. Nice and simple. All out in the open. Let's see how the Angel liked it. In fact, he'd continue, blithely, because he was never any good at not jumping head first into things. I've loved you since the first moment I saw you, and it's all gone downhill from there. It might actually be bordering on obsession now. I'm completely arse over tit in fucking love with you, and it's all your fault, you bastard. I mean, I love you even when you set up fucking awful nightmarish scenarios that involve me stabbing you, for Christ's sake. That's how batshit insane it's gotten. I love you even when you lie to me about your motives behind said bloody stabbing. I love you even when you're so... you're so fucking stupid and... and clever and idiotic and brilliant and selfless and selfish. Fuck me, Angel. I should rip my own demonic heart out of my chest because it would probably be less bloody painful than the eternal torment of putting up with you. Crowley thought about saying all that. He really did. But Aziraphale was looking up at him, expectantly, and he saw his own terrified eyes reflected in that gaze. 
This whole thing had happened because they'd gotten too close, hadn't it? He couldn't say it now. Aziraphale knew anyway. They both knew. They just could never acknowledge it. Not while anyone could be listening. Maybe not ever. This had to be enough. This weird dynamic they had formed, where they were both perfectly willing to put themselves in harm's way for each other, but Satan forbid they ever admit it. Oh, I love you, you blithering idiot, thought Crowley. Sod off, he settled for saying instead. It was largely ruined by a single rebellious tear that had escaped his right eye and fallen in a damning line down his cheek. Whoops. Aziraphale's gray eyes flicked down to watch it fall, and he moved until they were so close that their noses touched. Only, the last time that their noses had brushed each other like this, the angel had... He'd... Fuck! Crowley jerked his head back away from him. But there was a sudden strength that held him. Aziraphale was deceptively strong, beneath all the frumpy frills and trimmings. Crowley should have known that he was never the one holding the angel. Aziraphale never allowed anything to happen unless he wanted it to. And then there were lips against his cheek, kissing the tear away, just like that. And everything else could go to hell, as far as Crowley was concerned. All thoughts just, whoosh, gone. Was he going somewhere? Hell no. Uh-uh. No way. He would have to be absolutely bloody bonkers to move away when something as utterly mind-blowing as this was happening. He tried to memorize the feeling, because who knew if anything this amazing would ever bless his wretched soul again? Just a small thing, the kiss. Small and momentous. Those ridiculous pink lips that Crowley had admired over the years, that he wasn't entirely convinced God herself hadn't created just to torment him. The lips he'd ogled as they came together in a moan of pleasure over a chocolate mousse, or pulled apart in a bright smile, or even bloody pouted at him, were now lingering against his own skin. It was perfect in every damned way. The angel's eyes were closed as if in reverence, and the fan of his golden eyelashes was mere millimeters away. Crowley stared at him, wild-eyed, his reptilian pupils probably blown so wide they'd completely swamped any yellow. He could feel them expanding, sucking in the angel's light, like twin black holes. He might have been having a bit of a moment. Aziraphale had said that he wasn't going to apologize, but there was something delicate and meaningful pressed into the demon's skin by that soft mouth. It was so achingly careful. Crowley couldn't stand it. His restraint snapped. The demon grabbed fistfuls of the angel's shirt, with a raw desperation that had been gathering heat inside of him for centuries, fueled by soft glances, fleeting touches of hands on shoulders, fingers brushing over past wine glasses, nudges with elbows while they giggled at a play, 
Now it had quickly reached boiling point, and it was bubbling over. He wasn't dreaming this, was he? They were both here, both stunningly alive, not hurt, not dying. Before he even knew what he was doing, he was scrabbling to undo the angel's shirt buttons, and Aziraphale, bless him, made no move to stop the vicious pooling of buttons and fabric. The demon tugged the bowtie free of its perfect knot, and the angel just blinked up at him with trusting eyes, as if nothing unusual was happening. Once the shirt was open, Crowley just stared. He stared and stared. Aziraphale's chest was unmarked, unblemished, the skin smooth under his trembling fingers as he dared to reach out and touch it, unable to stop himself because his eyes were telling him one thing and his mind was screaming something else. He laid a hand over the angel's heart. There. See? He was being stupid, and he knew it. Everything was fine. The angel's heart was beating, even though it didn't need to. Steady and sure, and admittedly a little fast, but that was probably on account of the kissing. Cause he'd totally kissed the demon just now. On the cheek, yeah, but shh, he was counting it. He'd kissed him, and he was alive, and he'd kissed him, and he was alive, alive, alive. Aziraphale's face crumpled. He put his warm hands over Crowley's splayed fingers that still lay flat against his chest and clutched at them tightly. Who? he breathed looking forlorn. I'm all right, I promise. And he was. The demon could feel the evidence under his palm and tingling across his cheek. He could almost taste it on his tongue and sense it glowing in front of him like an obnoxiously big moon on another plane of existence. All right. Enough. Enough of all this emotional bollocks he was going to get hives if this carried on. Big, pustulous, unsightly boils. He took his hand back from Aziraphale's warm grasp and shoved it in his pocket, where it belonged. Anything to stop the angel looking like that. Just breathe. Rein it in. Shove it under the metaphorical carpet. Right. Wait. Wait a second. Holy crap, he'd just undone Aziraphale's shirt buttons. Five of them. Look at that, the angel was practically naked. And he'd kissed Crowley, too. He'd kissed the demon, and then let said demon undress him. Well, well, well. Oh, angel, Crowley leered in as seductive a tone as he could muster waggling his eyebrows up and down to cover the wobble in his voice. You kissed me. Aziraphale's worried frown morphed into a look of surprise, then tentative hope. Will, he cleared his throat. <clears throat> Will, you were crying. I was merely offering comfort. Psh, 
comfort. That wasn't comfort, Angel. That was practically pornographic. Uh, I beg your pardon? Pornographic? Really? Loaded with sordid, lusty, lewd, grotesque imaginings. I'm impressed, to be honest. Didn't think you had it in you. Aziraphale rolled his eyes, the tiniest smile pulling at his lips. Oh, it was a friendly gesture and nothing else. I wouldn't expect you to understand. Comforting lowly creatures is part of my heavenly duty, I'll have you know. I'm afraid that any lustful imaginings are entirely on your part alone. Ah, yeah, right. Sure. Heavenly duty, is it? An amused dimple appeared on his cheek. Exactly. And I bet Gabriel goes around kissing a bunch of demons, then, does he? Just goes around smooching the imps? I couldn't possibly comment on the inclinations of my superiors, huffed the angel, delightedly. As will you know. Didn't stop him most of the time, though, did it? Crowley grinned. Give the angel a few glasses of Pinot Noir, and he'd be commenting on his superior's inclinations till the bloody sun came up. Aziraphale started to do the buttons back up on his shirt collar in a meticulous and regimented manner befitting a soldier of the Lord, looking mildly annoyed at having to do so. He cast his gaze around on the floor. Searchingly, <laughs> you didn't have to fling my poor bow tie quite so far, Crowley. Oh, blast! Where on earth has it gotten to? Eight of the moment, Angel, Crowley said with a shrug. Can't blame me. Shouldn't have snorked me if you didn't want me to get handsy. Shouldn't have. The angel's face colored dramatically. Oh, oh, good lord, Crowley! Aziraphale cried out in mock outrage, an impossibly relieved smile breaking out onto his face for a second, like a flash of silver catching the light, before it was smothered over with an indignant pout. It was hardly a... a... snog, Crowley reiterated, helpfully. A snog, Angel? He poked at his damp cheek. Right. Here, I've got the evidence of the snog. See? He hadn't known it was possible for someone to go that particular shade of pink. Maybe there was a problem with the angel's new corporation, because at the moment, Aziraphale could give a fuchsia plant a run for its money. It was obscene. It was glorious. It was most definitely not a... Go on. Say it. It was not a, a snog, Crowley, hissed the angel, barely even daring to whisper the S-word, his blue eyes darting about warily. It was nothing of the sort. I would have thought, what with the terrible trouble you've gotten into lately, that you wouldn't want to draw unneeded attention to any of our physical contact. Uh, not that we have any physical contact, or any contact, ever. In fact, I don't even know you. Yes, that's it. Perhaps you ought to leave. Be gone, stranger. The demon, as usual, ignored him. Right. Well, 
I'm just sighing. If I'd have known that would be my reward, remarked Crowley with a lopsided smile, I might have stabbed you earlier. Aziraphale found his bow tie with a flick of his wrist and promptly smacked the demon with it. Oh, you wicked, beastly thing! Oi, watch it, angel. Just for future reference, uh, what injury do I have to inflict to get a bit of tongue next time? <gasps> Crowley! After that, it was simple. Well, it went back to the way things had always been. And that was enough, wasn't it? Had to be. They had both agreed to see each other less often in order to avoid further suspicion. And all right, so Crowley had gone back on that promise within the first few days because he couldn't stand it. Big deal. And so, he might have had a few horrifying nightmares since. So yeah, he sometimes panicked if he couldn't feel the angel nearby and popped into existence at Aziraphale's elbow, startling the angel into dropping a few priceless tombs or a cup of hot cocoa. Or, on one memorable occasion, an entire bookcase on his foot. That was normal. Aziraphale had seemed to come to some conclusion about him, and beneath the bickering, prim, pursed lips and snooty huffs, the angel treated him impossibly gingerly. He accepted any gifts without a fuss, and his hand sometimes lingered on Crowley's shoulder in greeting. Okay, so maybe, just maybe, Crowley wasn't all right yet. But Aziraphale was, and that was all that had ever really mattered to the demon anyway. The End Thank you for reading. Please drop by the archive and let the author know what you thought of their work.